everybody welcome back here to another episode of in the zone this is episode 217 that's chris martelli over there i'm giancarlo lino and chris gotta start off with uh one of the big wrestling pay-per-views taking place this weekend because uh saturday afternoon uh wwe night of champions in saudi arabia 1 p.m start time we got uh a good one kicking here i think they're gonna start off with the intercontinental title with uh, mustafa ali challenging gunther could we see an upset here because I, I saw brock lesnar he said get a life kid and they're having a lot of interactions with ali backstage could they be prepping for something here um maybe a triple threat match down the line because i know everybody and their mom wants to see gunther versus brock lesnar i i like the whole character change with ali i've been saying for years you know it's funny because you go back to 2019, apparently Ali was supposed to get that push that Kofi got, but Kofi replaces him in the chamber. The rest is history. And then, you know, of course, this guy in 2021 during COVID wanted to get released. Um, he had a lot of ups and downs in his career and he was basically a laughing stock for most of last year. But now all of a sudden, I guess Triple H is finally like, yeah, we got a guy here in, in Mustafa Ali that can put on a phenomenal match whenever. And I think, make no mistake about it, Alino, I think this match could definitely be a match of the night. Gunther has had a banner year since he's held the Intercontinental title. Him and Roman Reigns have just been the MVPs, I think, of WWE, if you really think about it. But I'm going to go with Gunther retaining here. I don't see his reign ending just yet. But I do think Ali is going to be the MVP, arguably coming out of this pay-per-view looking the strongest. And probably he's going to have the highest upward trend moving into the summer yeah i think if there's going to be a time though when gunther could lose a title ali winning it in saudi arabia uh i think it would make sense in a way because they kind of pushed him a little bit i think they want gunther to be uh in the main event scene he's done a really good job as an intercontinental champ so i wouldn't be opposed to it if they have plans for ali uh i saw like even 2018 like 2019 when he was uh, cutting those promos uh, on his own, really, like just recording himself, and they would put it on SmackDown, uh, talking about when he was a cop and all that stuff. Like it showed that he has range there with his promos. And if they give him uh, the IC title and let him run with it, maybe you can have something there. But uh, in terms of like potential challengers, let's say Ali loses here, who do you think uh, should be the next one in line for Gunther on Raw? I mean, I still think you look at a lot of opportunities here. I wouldn't be opposed to a guy. I mean, I'm trying to think again of who is on this draft. I know I think a guy like Gargano getting an opportunity, I think wouldn't hurt. I think, you you, you know, you have opportunities like, I don't know, maybe a returning Ziggler, maybe the Miz. Um, there's a lot of difference here. And you know what? I, I do think Gunther... I think you made a good point with Ali. I think if he wins the title, it definitely it wouldn't hurt Gunther. Obviously, Gunther's only going to elevate from here. He's going to be a main event star, all about that. But I don't know, man. I think a lot of people would still be a little upset if Sheamus weren't the guy to dethrone Gunther. And now it's definitely not looking like that as Sheamus is basically looking like he has his eyes on Theory on SmackDown. I, I'm not too sure, Alino. I, I don't know who can really be a good opponent for gunther but 
I think at this point in time, it's a win-win for both guys regardless. And I think if you're a WWE hardcore fan, I think this match is definitely going to make you happy. I think this match is going to be really good. But we'll see with Gunther's reign, Alino. I think if you really want Brock to win it, I think that's a good shout. But there's not a lot of guys. I agree with you. There's not a lot of elite challengers right now for uh, for Gunther. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh They've done a good job, at least with this title. Like for years, like the title was on the pre-show. Sometimes it wouldn't even be defended, and then the Miz's reign, and after the Miz had the titles, like back in limbo, it seems. So it's good that they're they got plans for that. But uh, the next uh, matchup here, uh, this one makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. Clearly, <laughs> Rhea Ripley taking on uh, the Canadian Natalia. <sighs> Natalia's not winning the match. Like, let's be real. But how do you? How long do you think this goes? If they're smart with this, I think you make it like no more than two minutes. If if you're smart with it, but knowing WWE and the amount of loyalty they have to Natalia, I think this could easily be a competitive match. But I think if you really want to solidify Rhea Ripley as that number one pick that went in the draft. Like you have to make this a squash match. This is not the feel good story of uh, Selena Vega going back to her home country. This is just a random one-on-one match. I think you really have to, I, I mean, Natalia has been in WWE for what, like 14 years now. I think at this point in time, the, the one on top Rhea Ripley just dethrones the veteran. This has to be a quick one. I agree. I, I know, like, Natalia, but I don't think she would uh, lose a lot of steam if this is a squash match. So, <laughs> no. like, regardless of what they do, I think they have to make sure that Rhea is uh, looking dominant in this match because Judgment Day looks like they're finally gaining some more momentum, especially with uh, what Priest did at uh, Backlash against Bad Bunny. So that could be something that they, they can continue to build on, but Here's a match that could be a little bit interesting. Uh, Asuka looks like they're leaning more as a heel here against Bianca Belair. Uh, do you think Asuka, is there a surprise here with the women's title maybe changing hands? I'll say no still, man. And I hate to say that because Asuka gets so many chances and she always falls flat. But I heard rumors that Bianca Belair is turning heel sometime soon. I think that's definitely in, in the cards even for maybe... You could have the Street Profits turn heel, which I think they should have after WrestleMania against Zayn and Owens, but they're still going with the bloodline angle, which is fine. But if Bianca Belair does lose here, I think the heel turn would basically be like immediately, maybe like a week, two weeks at the most. But they do have Charlotte Flair as one of the top faces on SmackDown, I heard right now, which is baffling to me. I don't think she should be a face whatsoever, but Bianca Belair's run has been incredible. She's the longest reigning women's champion i think of the of the modern era her her run's been well over a year now i think it's time for her to maybe have a character reset turn heel and see what she can do on the other side so i got bianca Belair retaining this one alino unfortunately but if she were to lose i do think it plants the seeds for a heel turn for her for herself yeah i agree i see something similar happening and like with oscar it seems like they're they're trying to lean into it more of her being a heel but like, do you think it's uh, doing more harm than good here? Because she's still getting cheered. They showed that maybe Bianca might turn heel uh, towards the end of the year. Like, 
think it will uh, ruin Oscar here if Bianca Belair turns heel. It's one of those situations where I say it all the time. It's like the CM Punk effect, where even when he was heel in 2012, he got cheered. Um, Daniel Bryan as well, 2018. His heel work was so phenomenal. Didn't matter. He got cheered. I think at this point in time, it's the same thing with Asuka. Like, she's so good that it doesn't matter what she is. If she's a face, a heel, they're going to cheer her regardless. And Alino, bringing up my point of her coming close and really losing all the time is going to make them not boo her even more. So if she were to win the title here, I don't think she would get any boos whatsoever. I think, if anything, Bianca might get more boos retaining than Asuka winning the title. So, yeah, I do think if they really full-on turn Asuka heel – it might stall her a bit, but Alino, she's so good that I don't think it really would do her any harm. Have to wait and see on that. I think that's uh, one of the matches there where if there is a title change, might have to circle on that one. But here's uh, a match <laughs> that has no title. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Uh, Becky went there on Raw. She mentioned oh, uh, that famous segment with Vince McMahon <laughs> with a bark like a dog. Uh, Trish has uh, really embraced this heel role, uh, as we've seen in her promos. Just uh, She pulled the HBK thing on her when she's like, oh, Becky's coming, and then the music hits, and she's not there. So do you think this is going to be uh, Trish winning in heel fashion and leading to a rematch at uh, maybe SummerSlam? Yeah, I heard uh, this is probably going to be a best of three, which I'm fine with. I think you have one here, then you have one at Money in the Bank, and then probably SummerSlam conclude it. So yeah, I got to probably go with Trish Stratus winning here in some sort of holding the tights, roll up, maybe foot on the rope, something like that, where she cheats. I love this feud, honestly, man. The promo that we saw from Becky on Raw I don't think I've seen her cut a promo that well in like four years. So I think she's back to her, the man type character. And if she's back to that character, Alino, I think in no time she could easily be contending again against Rhea Ripley for the top title. And I think that would only benefit both Rhea Ripley. You could kind of tell with her feuding with Natalia, not the greatest amount of contenders for her right now. So I think right after this feud, whoever's going to win the feud, probably Becky, is probably going to be in the title chase with Rhea Ripley. Um, but I do agree with you. I think Trish Stratus has really, she's she's done this this role tremendously, coming out saying, you know, I'm still number one. I've always been number one, very cocky. Yeah, you know, it's kind of old and vanilla, but at the end of the day, we haven't seen Trish Stratus be heel in like 20 years. So this is definitely refreshing for me. I gotta go with Trish Stratus winning this one in heel fashion. You love to see it. Yeah, we gotta see that there. Uh, I I do see that too. I think we're gonna see something where she's gonna catch Becky off guard. It's gonna look like she wins, and Trish just capitalizes there. But like, do you see this going? Like, I think by SummerSlam she'll probably wrestle the next couple months. Like, do you see anybody else like? wrestler in the meantime like do you think we'll see a raw match out of her or do you think she'll just do money in the bank and SummerSlam with becky uh i mean i think it depends on how confident she is in the ring i know a lot of people are kind of downgrading this feud just because of the ring rust that she has and i mean i remember the last match we were there i'll you know summer against charlotte flair that was phenomenal that match to me was one of the best of the night I think if you really, if Trish really wants to 
put the time and effort in the ring, which we all know she will. She's one of the greatest women's performers of all time. I think she could do it on Raw, but I think at this stage in her career, I think it might just be better if she just does it at the pay-per-views. Leave the the Raws for just being on the mic and talking that smack. So I'll say for now, I'll lean on no to, to matches on Raw unless it really does uh, create another program with another superstar down the line, maybe like a Lacey Evans or a Bailey. I'm pretty sure Trish Stratus wants to go through the four horsewomen. So, I mean, Mercedes, I mean, Sasha Banks now, Mercedes is not there anymore, at least for now. So I guess if it's not Becky, maybe down the line, you maybe have a face Bailey. I don't know. Would be interesting. Uh, as long as it's not Rhonda, like God forbid. No, Fuck, we don't need any, <laughs> any more injuries over there. <laughs> uh, next match here, the one uh, a lot of people are excited for: World Heavyweight Championship, vacant title. One of these guys are gonna win that. It's Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. I don't know. I'm a little torn here. I think it could be 50-50. I know they've been really promoting Seth and the whole buildup and everything, but. With all that talk of him uh, being a part of a movie, uh, Captain America and all that, like, do you think uh, this means AJ could win the title? It very well does, and I think he is, honestly, man. I think AJ, you look back at what he did 2020, 2021 didn't do that much, um, but you look at, I think this is, this is where WWE understands that he's kind of in his twilight years. I think he has maybe two, three years left at some main event level. I think AJ Styles is the guy that can hold this title. I, a lot of people, I hate to say it all, you know, they're calling this title an emergency and a backup, like a like a consolation prize, basically, because Roman doesn't defend it all the time. I think if, that, if I'm AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, that should motivate the hell out of me to have a match of the year candidate here for this belt. I mean, if you look back at Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, I think if Balor didn't get hurt mid-match, that would have been one of the better matches, at least of that pay-per-view for sure. So I think Rollins understands he's been a part of these vacated title matches before. I think this one's going to be an absolute banger, Alino. But I do, now with the rumors with him being in the new Captain America, I think this solidifies that we're probably going to see AJ Styles win the world heavyweight title and get this, Alino, I think Edge is going to win his third straight money in the bank and go off and dethrone AJ Styles. I love it. I love it. Uh, I think it would be interesting. Like, I know AJ, the whole OC thing, like, probably hasn't have had that same effect like when they came back. But if you put the title on AJ, it makes everything uh, a little bit more interesting because you got Imperium there, uh, the bloodline on SmackDown. Could go different directions. I know AJ's a SmackDown guy, but maybe if he wins a title, that means he has to go to Raw. So I think there could be some feuds with him. Maybe Shinsuke again. They want to revisit that. And <laughs> Shinsuke can go after him. Uh, I think the Judgment Day and uh, the OC, that's probably uh, one that would make sense if AJ's on Raw with uh, Balor and him. So I'll have to see uh, how that all plays out there. But uh, the match here... <laughs> Roman Reigns wants all gold. Uh, this time it's a tag team titles. He's teaming with uh, Solo Sokoa to take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Is Roman leaving Saudi Arabia with four titles <sighs> around his arms? <laughs> I, I, you know what, man? Like, 
I gotta I gotta give WWE credit for really trying to have the fans just absolutely hate Roman Reigns. But he's just so over and his matches are so consistently awesome. You can't really hate Roman Reigns. I mean, he's not winning four he's not winning the tag titles here. I just think a lot of fans are upset that he's not defending it for another two months. I, I hear rumors he's not defending it at Money in the Bank either. So he's going to be well over a thousand days. I think SummerSlam for sure he's losing the title. Let's be real here. Uh, Roman Reigns, I think, is in a maybe by January of 2024. I expect him to be part time, probably going now nearing Hollywood, maybe after WrestleMania next year. Um, I do think SummerSlam is the perfect time for him to drop the belt to who? I have no idea. Is it Cody Rhodes? Is it a Jey Uso? I have no idea, but I think they're definitely planting the seeds here. I would love to see Solo Sokoa turn face and be the guy to really go up against Roman Reigns because I think we there's just so much to offer. And there's still like the wild card factor with Solo. We all know he's really good. He's, he was undefeated till he lost on Raw, but I, I think regardless, Alino, the bloodline feud and the bloodline drama just trumps everything. And we're seeing it here again. I think Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn retain in a very, very good match. But the whole the whole point of this match is to see what happens with the Usos and the Bloodline. So regardless, it's going to be fantastic. I am not worried. I am not, I'm not upset that it's kind of predictable. But I do think we're probably going to see either Jay or Solo turn on Roman. And I have no idea who it is. Yeah, I agree. I think this is... Uh... The good thing is it's at least making uh, fans invested in the tag team titles, which for a long time no one really cared about it. So WWE is putting more effort into it. And having Roman here is just going to get fans' interest because there is that thought that maybe he does win the title for uh, one week or so and then they drop it. But I do see uh, Jey Uso, main event Jey, being the one that costs him. I think there's a super kick right to Roman at the end of the match and i think Sami Zayn pins roman and uh that's what's going to start this whole usos versus solo and roman feud going into SummerSlam. so uh i think that's a retained title but i don't know the usos and uh roman like do you think they should do a one-on-one or as a tag team probably the better option if you involve solo and jimmy I'll tell you right now, if, if he's doing a tag team match at SummerSlam, people are going to lose their minds. Like, they're not going to be happy. I think he has to be in a title match at SummerSlam for sure. Probably going to be Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. I think that would be the, the play I would go with. But, if again, if, if, this, if this just means that Roman's going to be feuding with the Usos at SummerSlam, I mean, at uh, Money in the Bank, then you could do the tag team match there. But I think... They they should be um, going full circle here with uh, with Roman Reigns taking on a contender at SummerSlam as it is a big four pay per view and if you have him go Alino without defending the title for three straight pay per views you're just you're just backing yourself in a corner so I gotta go here with I think this is just gonna be maybe a one month thing with the tag team but I do think down the line if there is one guy to face Roman at SummerSlam. If this is quick, I'd probably go solo, but Jey Uso versus Roman, that's a full circle moment right there. And if they do a, a tag match, like if Roman, let's say, doesn't defend the title at SummerSlam and they don't do uh, Roman versus Jey, 
they do the tag team match. You think their way of maybe spinning it so fans aren't upset about it is that's bringing the Rock back because they're going to be at a big stadium for SummerSlam? I mean, I don't know. Like, obviously, a lot of fans will be happy to see the Rock, but when will that feud kick off? Would it be WrestleMania? Is he holding this belt till WrestleMania? Like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. It's already been three straight manias. He's had the universal title, but I think it's just too long now, man. There's guys that are kind of floundering because of Roman Reigns holding this belt. Seth Rollins said it perfectly. Like, there's a lot of guys that are just kind of stuck in limbo and, like, WWE doesn't really know what to do with them. Like, for example, look at Drew McIntyre. Look at Sheamus. These guys were basically probably top faces, like, two months ago. And there were hints that maybe they would be Gunther for the title or Sheamus would be even in. I remember remember at the Royal Rumble, we were kind of saying, oh, maybe Sheamus could win the Royal Rumble, if not Cody or Sami Zayn at the time. So there's a lot of these type of superstars, Alino, where because of Roman's long reign, they've just kind of gotten lost. So I think it would be obviously awesome to see The Rock come back and and take on Roman Reigns. But I don't think fans want to see him hold the belt till next April. I'm with you there. Uh, do you think we'll see any returns at uh, this Saudi Arabia show, or do you think they'll just keep it with whatever's on the card right now? I would love to see Randy Orton come back, but we all know that's definitely not happening. Maybe he can cost Gunther, or I don't know. Like You could do something very interesting. Maybe you could have The Fiend come out during the World Heavyweight title match, uh, just to kind of twist things around here. We haven't seen Bray in a while. Um, I just think if there is one match that's going to be interfered, I think it is the world heavyweight title match. Um, but I do think with Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar still being on this card, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Lesnar does interfere in another match during the night, as I do think he has been around a little too much on raw. He was, we saw him talking with Ali. I think he's got a bone to pick too. He, I remember he was looking at that world heavyweight title too. So We'll wait and see what happens. He has history with Rollins and AJ. We'll see what happens with Brock. Because knowing WWE, Alino, I would not be surprised if Brock Lesnar makes his way out during that match. Oh, man. Yeah, him telling Ali, get a life, kid. (laughs) Just interrupts this segment. Proceeds to just walk around, take the time to give him advice, and then beat the shit out of uh, Cody Rhodes. Like, previously scheduled programming. But... Uh, we got that match there, Cody, Brock. Does Cody win here? Do you think they're going to extend it by having Brock just uh, continue beating him down and uh, just sending him home and uh, probably in an ambulance, probably stretch him off in the match and play it up for the next couple of weeks? I think Cody Rhodes gets, his, gets absolutely obliterated here. And I think this is where they might be putting themselves in a corner with Cody if they haven't already. Now, I... Alino, hear me out here. I think if you're smart, you book Brock Lesnar to beat the crap out of Cody to the point where he's off TV for probably a month. You could have him come back maybe a week before Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam, finish your feud with Brock Lesnar. But then there will be fans out there that say, well, when the hell is Cody Rhodes going to beat Roman Reigns for the title? And that's what I have to say to them. You might have to wait a little longer for that because I don't know if Cody is in a position right now to beat Roman Reigns. So 
I, I, you know what? At first, when Brock attacked Cody Rhodes, I thought this was probably a wrong move, but I think it's absolutely gotten Cody over as a mega baby face. And I think Brock Lesnar, we said it before, I don't see him being a heel for much longer. Maybe by September, I expect him to be a face again, that badass type of guy. He's not even really a heel right now. People still like him, they cheer him. They like how he's got that psychotic look in his eyes, still got the cowboy character, which is good. But no, man, I, there's no way Cody Rhodes is winning here. I think Brock Lesnar absolutely obliterates him. And then uh, we might see, I have to say, it, the only way I'll see Cody Rhodes taken and beating Roman Reigns is if he wins Money in the Bank. And he already won the Rumble this year. Please don't do the Del Rio effect where he wins everything in the freaking first year back. So I don't see Cody Rhodes winning Money in the Bank, and I don't see him beating Brock Lesnar. Sorry, Cody fans. <laughs> Yeah, I see that too. I, I see this uh, being three matches. I thought Backlash was fine. I don't think they had to do a rematch. Brock did all the selling there. He even uh, cut himself open the hard way by just driving his head into the post like a maniac. And uh, he got Cody over there. So I don't even think they uh, need to have another match. I think everything was fine with Backlash, but Looks like they're going to continue it to make Brock look uh, strong with another win. But uh, after this event, there comes uh, AEW the following day on Sunday. I'm going to pull up this card. Uh, we got a match here to kick this off. It's uh, Christian and Wardlow, TNT Championship. And it's a ladder match, so Christian's got the advantage. Do you see him uh, winning the title here? I do. I see Christian Cage finally winning the TNT title here. Uh, I think this is where, I mean, Wardlow having it's a good shout, but I think Christian Cage, buddy, the heel work he was doing with a dis like being injured, he was incredible on the mic. Like the, the fact that he. He was in that beautiful program with Jungle Boy. He put Jungle Boy over. Look at Jungle Boy now in the main event. I think this is only a reward for Christian Cage. It's the least that they can do here after everything he's done for Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I'm going to go with Christian Cage winning this. Maybe not handily. I think this could be a really good match, but Arn Anderson's an old man. Luchasaurus looking like Kane out there. Luchasaurus is going to help Christian Cage. His mentor, his manager win the TNT title. I love it. Christian Cage adding more gold. There's some rumors, though, that uh, with AEW's new show Collision coming up, the logo looks a lot like Nitro. The graphics look like Nitro. They already have Sting, former WCW legend there. Goldberg's a free agent, and uh, Wardlow's been connected to him a lot. A lot of comparisons made. Does Goldberg come out and like spear him through a table or something to set up that little match for All In in July? You know what? You know you know me with with Goldberg. Not the biggest fan here, but I would pay to see Christian Cage's reaction to Goldberg spearing Wardlow. Like, can you just picture Christian Cage halfway up the ladder and he does he just turns around and he does like that five second pose phase where face where it's just like. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to win here. And he wins. And by the way, Alino, fun fact, the last ladder match that he had a singles match for for a title, yeah, you already know what happened. He beat Del Rio. So 
I think, you know, his track record is phenomenal in ladder matches. We all know as kids going back to WrestleMania 2000, Christian Cage is the guy in ladder matches. Make no mistake about it. Whether Goldberg interferes or not, I see Christian Captain Charisma winning the TNT title. I'm with you. I agree there. And speaking of titles, Orange Cassidy is uh, putting his title on the line here in a Blackjack Battle Royal, the AEW International title. This title's changed names more times than uh, the guys that hold it. So uh, who do you <laughs> think is winning this? Like, I, I don't even know who the participants are in, but do you think this is where Orange Cassidy drops the title? Because he's held this since, uh, I think, October at this point. Yeah, I think Orange Cassidy's been one of the more, I think, underappreciated wrestlers the last, te- like a lot, the last year for sure. I think you know we just saw Miro return. I think he would be an appropriate guy to win it here. He is an international star, at least he was with Rusev Day. Obviously, he's not at the same level now, but I think Miro coming back after a long absence, winning the inter- international championship. I think that would be a good start to a good run for him. So if I had to make a prediction here, I'm probably going to go. I mean, I don't even know if he's in it, but I think a good shout for me personally would be Miro as he is well-deserving of holding a belt in AEW. Yeah, he's been there so long and hardly ever been on TV. It's like they bring him back and then one match and he's gone for another like six months. So be nice to see Miro or another one if he's in the match. I don't even know if he's in it, but Andrade would be a nice one. He's going to be on that collision show too. So I think one of those two uh, would be nice selections like Orange Cassidy. Maybe you can go for that six-man trios title and uh, go after that with the best friends down the road. But uh, another match here that we got to go on. We'll keep that one for later on. We got the women's title match. It's... Uh, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter. Uh, what do you got winning this match? Uh, this one to me is a coin flip. I love the way they've been building this. I think Jamie Hayter um, is just, she's been phenomenal. I think Tony Storm uh, really has, you know, hit her stride the last couple months. I'll say last four months, she's been phenomenal. Uh, I, I'm still going to stick with Jamie Hayter retaining here. I, I still, but again, I think it is 50 50. This is going to be very, very... This one is one of the more unpredictable matches, I think, on the card. I'm going to go with Hater retaining for now, but, Alino, I wouldn't be surprised. Come the next pay-per-view, um, we see Tony Storm potentially win the title. So, for now, I'll say Hater retains, but when it comes down to the big pay-per-view down the line, they're probably going to give it to Tony Storm. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, should be a good one, though. Uh it's- now back to the other women's match. We have the TBS championship, the Canadian, uh, Taya Valkyrie challenging Jade Cargill. Do they have to end the streak? <laughs> like, are, are we going to be approaching like the Goldberg numbers and this thing's still going to be intact here? Yeah. Well, you know, am I cutting out at all? I, I'm just, I want to make sure. Oh yeah. A little bit, buddy. A little bit. Okay. Um, I think it's just the connection here with my laptop, but um, I'm going to go with Cargill here. I think she's, uh, I mean, yeah, she's Goldberg. That, that's all I really got to say. She's uh, 
She's had that run for so long. I thought, you know, you saw um, there were a couple of girls there that I really thought were going to dethrone her, and they never did. And you know, Tyra Valkyrie, it's a good, it's a good name. I think she could be one that can, but I don't think she will. <laughs> I think Cargill's holding onto this for a little bit longer, and they're getting to the point, Alina, where they don't really have a lot of girls out there that can beat her. So uh, they're putting themselves in a corner, but. Tony Khan will figure it out, but for now, Cargill, she retains the champion. Yeah, God bless those uh, creative meetings, because this streak, it only looks like there's going to be a disaster when it eventually ends. So if I were them, I would just end it at this pay-per-view, avoid <laughs> all the problems later on, because you know, like, something stupid. If this gets to, like, 125-0, and 0, they're going to end in, like, some fashion that's just going to piss people off. So yeah, Tony Khan could just avoid it. He's going to get tased. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Just someone yeah. will come out. Yeah, Taze, it's over. So Tony <laughs> Khan needs to avoid this shit. Just end it. Start off from 60 and 1 or 70, whatever she's at right now, and just start another like 20 uh, match win streak. But uh, this match here, I can't believe uh, what they just added here. But they have uh, Chris Jericho taking on Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match. And of all the people to be a special enforcer, they bring out Sabu. <laughs> I don't know his connection to both guys, but he's a special enforcer. Uh, how do you see this match playing out? This is the most random trio I've seen in a match in a long time. This is like when you have WWE 2K14 and you just make random ass matches up. Like I applaud Tony Khan for bringing Sabu back, but you do not make up a special guest ref against Adam Cole and Jericho. Like, I mean, I think Adam Cole has to win this match, but I would not be surprised if Jericho does. I'm going to just go with Adam Cole winning this here. I'm not really sure. Like, are they going to turn Sabu heel and align with Jericho because they're both legends and he has respect for Like, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I'm just going to go with the safe option because he just came back from injury. I'm going to go with Adam Cole winning this one, but... I'll, you know, I, I'm going to say this right now before we talk about the main event. Like the like Adam Cole specifically should be in the main event instead of doing this. <laughs> I agree. And uh, yeah, this whole unsanctioned thing, Jericho, Adam Cole, I, I don't think this feud's done. Uh, but the unsanctioned, <laughs> yeah, it's unsanctioned. So <laughs> technically it doesn't count. Uh, Sabu as an enforcer, which means the Jericho Appreciation Society will probably come out since it's not really a match. There's no like real winner. Roderick Strong will come out, so that's three on like five. Do you think RVD is uh gonna come <laughs> save the day because Sabu's involved here? Bring back RVD and Tommy Dreamer <laughs> and Bubba Dudley with a table. I mean, RVD would get a huge pop. That would be massive if he came out. But, I mean, that that's like dream case scenario. I'd love to see Sabu go through a table. Maybe Hater puts or uh, Hager puts him through a table or something. I don't know. But, I, I mean, this match is, def is the definition of it's going to be a clusterfuck. And I'm, I'm actually very excited to see what Roderick Strong does here because I've always been a big fan of him and seeing basically – you know, uh, the Undisputed Era back together again. 
it's only going to mean entertaining stuff. And we already know what's going to happen down the line, Alina. We're going to get the Undisputed Era versus the Elite at some point. I don't know when, but that's going to be must-see. But for now, yeah, if it's unsanctioned, no rules, yeah, give it to Jericho. Why not? <laughs> Speaking of matches that have uh, really came out of nowhere we have uh looks like team tna wrestling here jay lethal jeff jarrett you got sanjay Woo! dutt on the outside and they're taking on ftr for the titles mark briscoe is a special guest referee is uh briscoe gonna turn on ftr here and uh align with jay lethal and jeff jarrett i mean yeah like you look back at what mark briscoe meant to to them and, and Jay Lethal, man, ROH legend, TNA legend. I think, uh, yeah, it makes sense for Briscoe to turn on uh, FTR. I think it makes sense here. The only thing that I'm kind of concerned about, and you could probably agree with me, is Jeff Jarrett is old as shit. If you want to put the title on him, it's a little risky, but I think the story al- alone here with Mark Briscoe being involved in it, it doesn't necessarily make it predictable. But I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a classic ref turn heel in the process and and align with Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, don't get me wrong, he's in phenomenal shape. Um, but I do think FTR, like they're the one of the best tag teams in the world. I think them losing here by they'd only lose by fishy fashion. They wouldn't lose clean, obviously. But do you really take Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal seriously as tag team champions? That's my only concern here. Yeah, I think uh, we'll probably see them in the Hardys eventually. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, maybe the brother Nero and Broken Matt thing will come out because all of that just screams like another cinematic match, like what we saw with uh, Ethan Page. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that's the outcome. FTR drops the titles and they go and feud uh, with the Elite. But we talked about Jericho and Adam Cole's match being off the rails. This match that uh, I'm going to a- ask you about next year, clusterfuck galore. Anarchy in the arena. We have the Elite and the Blackpool <laughs> Combat Club. So there's going to definitely be a John Moxley spot where he blades. Uh, Kenny Omega is going to probably get a broom with barbed wire uh, stuck to his back. The Elite are going to throw like 50,000 super kicks. Who do you think wins this feud here? I think it has to be Blackpool Combat Club here that wins this match. I don't know how, but I think Daniel Bryan has to get the pin. I think it makes sense if, or sorry, Bryan Danielson. I, I, I'm just used to saying Daniel Bryan. Basically, Team, w, w, Team WWE featuring Wheeler Yuta versus the Elite here. So, uh, Claudio, I think, has to do more on the mic. I mean, they're good. They're getting into the same routine with him in WWE. Like, it doesn't matter who you're with and what programs you're in. If you're not going to talk, you're you're basically, you know, there, there's a certain ceiling and you can't really get past it. Uh, Moxley and Brian have done a phenomenal job on the mic. Moxley has always been phenomenal on the mic. That you give him a little more time, and he he'll knock it out of the park. The only thing that pisses me off about this is Hangman Page coming back here and realigning with the Elite. I mean, I'm I'm kind of tired of seeing Hangman Page just flop, flop around everywhere. Like, you're either in it by yourself or you're not. And, you know, aligning with Kenny Omega, to me, after the feud they had, it just kind of doesn't make any sense. And 
I think Blackpool Combat Club, they're not the shield, but they're basically being viewed as the shield of AEW at this point. So I'm going to go with them winning here. I think it's going to be, like you said, a bloody disaster. You're going to see Moxley Blade. You're probably going to see Mark or Nick or both just absolutely bloody as well. Kenny Omega is probably going to do a spot where it looks like he breaks his neck, but he's fine. And then, of course, you have Brian Danielson with all the neck problems. So this is going to be an absolutely like, perfect anarchy in the ring. It's going to be a joke. It's going to be a, a, a clusterfuck. I'm going to go with the BCC winning this one. I'm going to go with Brian Danielson probably pinning one of the Jacksons. Oh, man. There's two matches here that are going to be talked about, maybe for all the wrong reasons, but yeah, that, what a mess if that uh, ends up being... Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Alino, be. I will be pleasantly surprised if Claudio gets the pinfall. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, pleasantly surprised. Can you imagine Wheeler Yuta. Kenny? <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, speaking of other matches here, that kind of out of nowhere it is this oh yeah it's a main event never mind i thought there was a hardy's match that's probably the pre-show but yeah we got jungle boy mjf darby allen sammy guevara is this an underwhelming main event or did they get it right here uh staying loyal to some of their young talented prospects when they signed them in the long run, this is a home run for like the development of all of them. But I think as of right now, it's a complete flop. I think I, I said it like you have Kenny Omega, you have Adam Cole, Jericho still doing his thing. Like you look at the match underneath, like at least three of them can be going for this belt at this point. Brian Danielson came up short. Claudio, I think you can give him an opportunity moxley of course he held the belt he's been the poster boy for a while um, I, I i mean darby allen i think is a great story guevara and mgf having being the whole best friends uh you could link that into a great storyline uh you know jungle boy i think you know this is again like i said with christian arguably winning the title this is another reward for how great he did in that feud you put him in this match I think it's great for Tony Khan to see that these four guys, I guess, are going to be the future of the company and the business. But as of right now, I don't agree with this. MJF, we all know, is going to have a lengthy run here if they want him to stay in AEW and not jump ship. I got MJF retaining here. And I don't really know, Alino, honestly, when he's dropping the belt. Is it to any of these three guys? Probably not, if I had to guess. Probably Punk or Kenny Omega down the line. Yeah, I think like just looking at that whole anarchy in the arena match, I think you could have put Kenny Omega versus MJF in the main event, kept it like Hangman and the Young Bucks versus like Claudio, uh, Moxley, and Brian Danielson. So, yeah, like the match will be good. Like, don't get me wrong there, but in terms of like a main event, like they don't have too many pay per views a year, and uh, this is a selling point for them what makes them different than WWE. So I think MJF wins and uh, maybe we see a CM Punk uh, teaser to close the show. Like I don't see, he think he's going to appear. I think they're saving that because they announced that collision is going to be in Chicago that first episode. So already there, I think uh, they're going to save Punk there, but maybe we see a video similar to all out last year when MJF had that little teaser. I think we end up pay-per-view with Punk. 
Yeah, I think and that that would be the perfect definition of playing mind games. He did the same thing last year, and and you basically have it the roles reversed this year. I'll, you know, I'll say the, the the big thing of this main event that could absolutely do wonders is if this match is like twenty five minutes and it's fast paced and they all get enough offense in, then this will be a home run of a main event. This will be one of those main events that you look back on and say, wow, did they do it right here with Sammy Darby and, and Jungle Boy? But at the same time, when those main events back in the day when you had Fatal 4s that were successful, the whole point was it was unpredictable. You really had no idea who was winning, whereas in this case, you know who's winning here. It's not like Darby Allen or Sammy are going to win here. Yeah, you know, they have teased for quite a while that Darby's going to have the main event success, but he's not. And it's MJF. He's the future, arguably the present of the company. And that's the only downside. But Alino, I wouldn't be surprised if this might be match of the night. I know I mentioned this uh, name earlier, Bill Goldberg coming (laughs) out, maybe attacking Wardlow. But do you see a scenario where mjf wins he talks a little bit too much and then out comes goldberg his music hits he spears him tells him he's next and they end the show like that i mean they could but at the end of the day you're putting again tony khan's putting himself in a corner and i mean the rest would be history right and i understand you know the whole marketability behind goldberg but alino hear me out on this if Kevin Owens had as much say as MJF does right now in 2017, he would have left WWE after losing that title. So I think if MJF were to lose to Goldberg down the line, MJF, see you bye. He's going to WWE. You already know the the presser that he would have after. I think he would be irate. He'd probably walk out. We have no idea. But Tony Khan, if Goldberg is going to come out here and it be in the main event, you best believe Tony Khan should be telling Goldberg, yeah, MJF is our prized possession. You're not beating him. <laughs> that would be jokes if Goldberg just came out, beats him in a squash match, and then MJF just gets up like nothing happened and just walks out. And then, <laughs> oh, man. I think, uh, yeah, MJF, we got another presser uh, on our hands after this one. He's going to be just going off on everyone. The last one, he had a pickle. He's making fun of That was iconic. That the was cookies, incredible. He eats a pickle. He's like, oh, you want to have one? Come on. Come and get it. Because the guy, the pickle, he says, don't get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but like <laughs> AEW, is, uh, they're building up for Forbidden Door after this. Uh, and it's going to be in Toronto. So like, do you see them adding a lot of New Japan like surprises here throughout the night? Or do you think they'll just keep it all AEW and... Maybe save it for Dynamite. Because last year they had uh, a few guys pop up on Double or Nothing. They'll probably have a few guys. Uh, I'm not really sure who's scheduled or what further programming they want to go in. But, yeah, they're always open to adding someone. I think a big name to look out for here, all you know, is Sasha Banks. And, you know, she's done her thing, you know, out there. If she can somehow manage to be a part of AEW in some capacity, feuding with the likes of a hater or a Tony Storm, then that's a win-win for that division yet again. But again, I have heard rumors that she might go back to WWE if things do clear up. I know Naomi, I think right now, is in TNA, and I think she's doing a great job. So, But I do think Mercedes, what she's done um, you know, in New Japan, going there, 
Wrestle Kingdom, she had that five-star match. It was phenomenal. She's done her thing. If you want to do the Forbidden Door and have her come kick down the door and, and go up against Tony Storm or Jamie Hayter, that's an option that I think you got to go in. But obviously, Will Ospreay is always a guy that's there. He's always a guy that's going to deliver. And I would love to see Adam Cole versus Will Ospreay. That shit would be electric. I'm with you on that. They got to do. I even want to see if it's in Toronto. I know we're biased here on that. Like as a Canadian, Kenny Omega versus Okada in Toronto oh. it would be uh, pretty good. But I think Will Ospreay. That's one that I know they signed as uh, team members there in Aussie Open to AEW contracts. So maybe Will Ospreay uh, starts looking at that. Like maybe I'll go to AEW, but. WWE's out there, like Jay White just signed with AEW2 not long ago, so they do have some possibilities. Uh, is there anybody like not on this card that you're surprised, like they didn't really make an effort to put on the pay-per-view? Uh, I'd probably say Paige. Um, I think she's someone that's definitely floundered the last couple months. Um, I mean, I got to still probably go with, I mean, Sting's probably going to be there, right? He's with Darby Allen. Um, not too many names, honestly. I'll, you know, I mean, Samoa Joe and Keith Lee are probably two guys that I thought would maybe be on the card. Maybe they're in the battle Royal, but, um, I, I do think, you know, what are they doing with Swerve? Oh, like, man, I mean... like the guy, I thought he would definitely be at least feuding, maybe not for like a major title, but maybe going up against Christian or, or Wardlow, like something like that. Like have this guy really go on a run with for a singles title because Strickland is a must-see heel. And I think that they're definitely missing out on his potential here. I think, you know what, I'll go with him. I think he's the guy that, to me, that surprised, I'm surprised the most. And if not him, it's your boy Ricky Starks. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about him too. Like Ricky Starks, Swerve, like – these are two guys that have like really killed it as of late, and I think they're missing. Maybe they could have even done them versus the Hardys. That would have made sense. Like, or do Jeff Hardy versus Swerve have Ricky Starks versus, like, maybe make it a five way and him in the match there. But yeah, those are some guys that should be featuring more because uh, they have some. I think Swerve is one of the guys that WWE shouldn't have let go of, and Ricky Starks was uh, a gem that they found there because. He was on NWA on their YouTube and uh, picks him up that show, faces Cody. They signed him to a deal. So should be an interesting one there. I'll, AEW. I'll, you know, I'll say this too. Like I'm looking out now that I look more and more at the fatal four way. I know they did Ricky Starks versus MJF. Remember for the title. Do you think it would have been better if they went with MJ uh, with uh, Ricky Starks instead of uh, jungle boy? Cause I know Jungle Boy, he had a hell of a feud with Christian, and it's deserving here, but do you think if they really think of the future here, you think you really, you think Jungle Boy is more of the future than Ricky Starks? I I don't think so. Yeah, Jungle Boy can't cut a promo like uh, Ricky Starks, so yeah, I definitely would have uh, put him in there. So, like Ricky Starks, just on like everything... I remember it's at that rampage taping and they put him on dark of all times. Like they even put him on the fucking rampage and the pop he got, you would think it was like a main event star. Uh, it was him. Ethan page is Canadian. So that was uh, obvious. He was going to get that kind of pop. And yeah, Ricky Starks had probably one of the loudest pops of that night, which they had him on AEW dark. 
goes to show you if you're going to be the booker of the year over there like tony khan <laughs> start uh really living up to that you got to start booking this better there get the guys that get their reactions on uh, the screen yeah but uh anyways this one will uh i guess aew they have something building because uh it looks like they're pretty much sold out or close to sold out in Wembley. In, yeah, we'll uh, see. In August. Yeah, we'll see about that. Right now, the reports show it's positive. Uh, all in. Like, Is this bad, though, that they're doing? Like, Do you think they're going to still do all out uh, Labor Day like when they usually do it? Or do you think they should just make all in, like build towards that, make that the focal point, and this year don't do an all out or maybe have it at the end of the year? I mean, that's the beauty of having a depth roster, right? I think they could still do it, but it depends on, again, it's it's quality over quantity. It depends on which way they want to go. If they want to go with quantity over quality, then, yeah, go for it. Do all in and then do all out. But if you want to go for quality, I would probably just do that one at the stadium. You have it like a WrestleMania feel, four or five hours, load the card, maybe have 12 to 15 matches, and you go from there. I mean, I don't understand why they have to do an all-out after having this whole stadium thing. I think it makes no sense. We've seen so many times with WWE. I remember, I think it was 2016. It felt like they had a pay-per-view every, like, two, three weeks. And that just doesn't yeah. that doesn't bolster anybody. It forces you to get into programs too quickly and end programs too quickly, and everything kind of feels flat. So... I agree with you. I think they should just do with a one at the stadium and maybe cool off for a bit. Make that a really big must-see pay-per-view, as it should be. It's at a freaking Wembley Stadium. It should be a big deal. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. Just do the one for now and, and see what happens with that pay-per-view, and then you move forward. The final thing I'll ask you here. When the weekend's all said and done, I know NXT is having their little pay-per-view, but I don't think that's going to have that kind of traction online. But what do you think will be the story? Will it be uh, Night of Champions, or do you think people will be talking about Double or Nothing? I still think it'll be WWE's Night of Champions, only because it's in Saudi Arabia, and they just get that they get more of that global uh, recognition. They're a little more well-known. And I think there's something that's going to happen here, whether it's in the world heavyweight title match, you're winning a fresh belt or, you know, something to do with probably the bloodline turning. I think that's going to overpower anything on uh, double or nothing. No offense to AEW, but I-, I will say this though, if CM Punk does come back to close the show or Goldberg comes back, that's going to be a huge talking point. But, Alino, we've seen for all of 2023, the bloodline trumps all. They're going to be the talking point regardless by the end of this weekend. I agree. I think, like, I think WWE has something here. Like, every month, I think, since uh, February, since actually January, Royal Rumble, they've been in a different location. Elimination Chamber was in Montreal. Uh, Backlash Puerto Rico. Now they're going to Saudi Arabia for Night of Champions. They're going to the UK for Money in the Bank. And then back to another stadium there for SummerSlam. So I think that's a model that they should actually keep going because it keeps the crowd into it. Like we've seen how like some of these fans that uh, they get a little spoiled sometimes where not the best kind of reaction. So if you go to a different international place each month, makes it a big fight field type of atmosphere. And 
AEW. I think they're going to have that in uh, when they go to the UK. But if Goldberg, I'll end it with this. If Goldberg is going to be appearing in AEW, keep him the fuck away from doors. No headbutts to the door. <laughs> we saw how incoherent he was when he tried to cut a promo. You just see him bleeding down. <laughs> keep him away from doors. Pad the door or something because he's going to headbutt something. Just prepare them for their production team. Put something on the door so when he drives his head on something, he can cut a promo when he's in the ring. <laughs> oh my god, that kills me. <laughs> Goldberg. On that note, Chris, uh, this is a fun one. We previewed United Champions and Double or Nothing. Next episode, we'll be talking about uh, the NBA Finals and Stanley Cup Finals, which uh, will be confirmed. We got Denver in the NBA. We're waiting on their opponent. And in the NHL, it looks like Vegas is 1-1 away. Maybe they'll get it, but Florida awaits them. So right now, sports in uh, Miami and the Sunrise region are popping. And in Toronto, yeah, and in Toronto, they're right in the fucking bottom. So yeah. that was uh, episode 217. We'll see you all next week.